Welcome to The Garage. My name is Brian Sanchez, and this is the F1 Rundown Podcast. I'm joined today by a very special guest, Dan Nichols of From The Garage fame. Say hi to the folks. Hi to the folks. Hey! I knew you were going to say that. I knew. I knew. It was bad. Look, the dad in me couldn't... I couldn't... You are a dad. I couldn't not. You are a dad. You have two very beautiful daughters at home. Uh... So I'll, I'll I've give you grown a pass. fond of them. I'll, I'll give you a pass. Yeah, I'll give you a pass. Uh, today we're going to talk about fandom, specifically F one fandom, and we want to get hyper specific mm. American F one fandom because we are American, are we not, Dan? As an American, I can plead the fifth because <laughs> I don't. I don't. And mm. yes, I am. Yes, yes. We were both born and raised here in the United States. Uh, Dan has much longer been a gearhead. Uh, then I have, uh, t- honestly, Dan is the reason why I have the interest in cars and automotive and racing that I have, because before me and Dan were friends, I wasn't even really that into cars. I thought cars mm-hmm. were cool, yeah. but I didn't know anything about cars. You were the first introduction mm-hmm. to car culture that I ever got. Black cars go faster. Uh, that is a story for a different <laughs> podcast. We'll uh, we'll share that story at some point. Folks listening to the focus, new focus, F1 rundown don't know that story yet, and so like target. let's let's hang out, let's let's wait a little while before we tell them how stupid and gullible that I was when um, I was how old was I? 13, 14 years old? God, maybe younger, but yeah. Obviously, uh, I am a huge Formula One fan. Formula One uh, is wildly gaining popularity here in the states, uh, and so I wanted to talk to. Dan, because Dan is, I think, the the core demographic of the potential F1 fan that I'm thinking that Formula One is trying to get to in the United States. Clearly, by the moves that, uh, you know, Liberty Media, the American media firm that now owns Formula One, yeah. uh, has been making over the last few years, things like Drive to Survive, things like additions of new races, Tons and tons of advertising dollars, uh, you know, partnerships with American companies, not just for brandings, but potential things on the grid. And so mm-hmm. um, I, all of this is in an effort to make Formula One more appealing to the American car enthusiast, racing fan, but I think even more specifically mm-hmm. to people that may not necessarily have their their big allegiance to NASCAR because... Yeah. You know, when you think of racing in the United States, NASCAR is the most popular series. For reasons I'm not quite sure of, but yes. <laughs> We've been on podcasts for years and years, you know, going back and forth about, you know, NASCAR. And, and, and I look, I'm on record saying that I think NASCAR is a great sport for those who like it. But it is the but, perfect way of putting that. I mean, look, and, and there are aspects of it that I really do like. And, I, and there are aspects of it that I really, really respect. It's clear that they're just, they're two different things. Yeah. And it's kind of unfair to compare the two. Yeah, honestly, I was going to say that I don't know if the demographic for F1 isn't the NASCAR fan. No, I, I think there's some overlap, but it's not a very some, big overlap. Right. These are the kind of things that I wanted to get into. I want to talk to Dan about his perceptions of what being an F1 fan is, mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of run some of the, uh, you know, m- recent moves and things that F1 has done to see how much it's actually affecting his interest in watching the sport. I think this is a, this is a very interesting conversation to be mm-hmm. had here. And then maybe we can come up with a couple of new things 
that Formula One hasn't done yet uh, to, to kind of spark that interest and, and to get you to be more of a yeah. engaged fan. So first off, what what is your impression of Formula One as it stands right now? It is a primarily European sport that is about horsepower. It's about all those things that I love. But it's a little more refined than the average American is what I would say. Okay. There's the drama, the pride of victory, and the despair of defeat, and all those things that Americans love to get on board with. Personally, I adore it. I absolutely love it. I got my opportunity to, for the first time, see an F1 event this past year. And there's something magic in it. It's, it's amazing. Thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed myself and I get how somebody can fall in love with it and track it as you do because it is very good I love it so it sounds like everything is working that's the end of the podcast thank you so much we'll have see. a good one bye <laughs> no there I, are critiques though okay so um in recent years I, I think the biggest thing that's been driving interest in the sport has been drive to survive if you don't know what Drive to Survive is, it's a essentially kind of like a reality show, but it's it's more of a documentary. Like we'll call it a, a documentary than yeah. a reality show. Uh, it's not know, scripted. Camera crews, maybe it's a little bit. No, actually, I, I would say it's unscripted. There's interviews, but like they they try to weave storylines into it and play up things. And they've docudrama. actually gotten they've gotten docudrama is a fantastic term for it. Um, they've gotten a little bit of flack from some Formula One fans like myself for manufacturing storylines out of things that aren't necessarily real storylines. Playing things up for drama, I get it, they're making a TV show. But it's pretty obvious that the uptick in interest in Formula One started about five years ago when Netflix embedded a camera crew in the pits every single weekend following the drivers home, going to the factories, you know, mm-hmm. putting this, you know, every year they do like an eight to 10 part series about the season prior, right? giving you insight into the world. And it is massively popular. Have right. you watched it? No. Do you own Netflix? Yes. Or own Netflix. Do you subscribe to Netflix? Yeah. Okay. So you've had the ability to watch it. Mm. It's just never really like broken through. We've established you've got kids, uh, you know, job, yeah. life, you know, yeah. like. Maybe I'm not. The best person to talk to about like the docudrama stuff, uh, personally, um, I'm not a huge fan of those sort of things. Okay, um, but that's so, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Like we're trying to see like think, what things are are resonating with the fans. So I, yeah, I think that obviously the docudrama is working for them. I'm not going to say get rid of it. More, not as involved as being embedded for every waking moment. Instead. Do up some, not even a series, just a movie about what goes into it. For me, I would totally watch, a, call it a documentary or whatever, about from conception to end of the car. I would love that. It does it exist. Absolutely. Oh, okay. That kind of and that's and that's fantastic. But thing is, I didn't know that's it existed. what you exactly. So I think Formula One pushes Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. so hard mm-hmm. and what they don't push are their tech talk series did you know that every single week the formula one youtube channel puts out videos about the conceptual designs of the cars 
and regulations and talking about how the cars functionally work on track. Which is interviews a- with the d- the designers, the engineers, um, breaking down developments, uh, things that we see at the track, uh, like Which all that kind of stuff. Like the- they are putting this content yeah. out, but they never seem to promote it. Probably because it, they probably think it's a little bit drier and not as many people will watch it. But the thing is, is that there are people out there that will want to watch it. And the potential audience, I would argue, could be wider. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to pay for YouTube. You do have to pay for Netflix. I don't understand that strategy. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a, a mixture of like the cost of doing Drive to Survive doesn't oh, sure. uh, justify like doing a similar thing to just about like the nuts and bolts of how the cars work and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have noticed that like their YouTube channel grow is, is growing there, you know, tons and tons of series and videos. And honestly, like all of the teams have their own YouTube channels and Mercedes is particularly one that's very, very good about this. Every single week they do a race breakdown, the engineers, the heads of like the strategy, like those, yeah. you know, those, those folks, are on camera talking about the specific decisions that they made, how the car is working, how it's not working. Obviously, they're not giving away specific details, right. like sure, you know, sure, but sure. they give you a really, really in-depth look into what goes on. So I'm gonna send you some links because that seems yeah. to be the kind of thing that's that's working for you for sure. Um, but they need add- to put that out there more. The yeah. fact is, is that I didn't even know that Drive to Survive existed until you told me. I I, I found it maybe three years ago. Like it was a couple years in already before, like before it actually like, like came up on my radar. And I've been, I've been closely watching formula one since like, I've been following since around 2007, 2008, mm -hmm. but it wasn't really broadcasted here in the States in a convenient way for us to like watch every race. I think it it was like 2012. I think was the first year that I was actually like watching every single race as they come. But I think that's the thing. There's still somebody up, at least one, in the higher reaches that probably has more wrinkles than teeth, who has completely written off the American audience and is gearing it just to the European audience, to, you know, the world audience other than America. And as such, the rest of the world knows F1. So they're taking the same tactics with coming to America that they have to go head to head with something like NASCAR. Drag racing. Honestly, Rallycross tried to do the same sort of thing. They didn't advertise the crap out of it, and they didn't have the budget or the buy-in from the rest of the world to keep it going. I think if they put it out there better, they would have been able to catch on because it was exciting. F1 is exciting. Not a lot of people have it in the forefront of their mind. They just don't because they forget about it. You know, we are the kings of the 24-hour news ticker. You had to hold our interest for 30-second clips many times during the day in order for us to catch on to something. So what you're saying is you want you, like, you need more. Yeah. Did you know that there are going to be three F1 races in the United States this year? No. I knew Coda. Until just very now. Until right now because I knew of Coda. Okay. And that's because I live in Austin. Yeah. So last year, we had the American Grand Prix, the United States Grand Prix. Right here in Austin at mm-hmm. Circuit of the Americas. Mm-hmm. You had the Miami Grand Prix. They raced in, on a street circuit in Miami last year. Nice. That will also be. Wasn't that a re- 
revival of some kind? Like, wasn't it there in yesteryear? I don't believe they've ever raced in Miami. Um, what you might be thinking of, though, is that years ago, they did a Las Vegas Grand Prix. That was it. And it was held yes. in a makeshift track in the parking lot of what I, I believe was Caesars Palace. Hmm. Uh, it was basically in the parking lot of one of the casinos. It was, it was like in the middle of the day. Like it was, it, like it was not done very well, obviously in an era where like, you know, broadcasting television is vastly a different era. Yeah. Did you know they were racing in, Form- in, in Las Vegas again this year? No. Did you know it's going to be a night race held on a Saturday night? That's really cool, but no. And do you know where they are racing? The parking lot of Palagio. On the strip. The Ooh. main, the main straight of That's the good. street circuit That's good. is Las Vegas Boulevard. That's good. Down the strip in front of every single casino. That's real good. That's excellent. Did not know that. I'm watching that. Yeah. For sure. So you're talking, you're talking about awareness yeah. and more. I had no idea. And here's the thing. I'm more in tune with car stuff than most people. Yeah. Yeah, you are. I mean, like, you, you I do. I just don't seek you, out Formula One things, so you're not, I don't see Formula One. Right. Things. You're, not, you're, not a, you're not a very big race fan. Like, you've never really been the kind of person that, like, tells me about race results or anything like no. that. You will randomly send me emails about how the uh, Ford Lightning is going to be an electric vehicle now and how you have so much umbrage with it. Yeah. Uh, we just did an entire episode of our other podcast from the garage, which will be coming back soon. So yes. make sure you keep an eye ear out yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but like automotive consumer news is definitely something that's on your radar. Right. The tech side of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, look, I love Australian supercar, but the same thing. Right. It's, it's just not out there. And yeah, I see stuff in my face all day about NASCAR. Don't want to. Yeah, I hate NASCAR. It, I know I'm going <laughs> to catch crap for this, but it's so boring. I mean, from an F1 podcast uh, audience, you might not catch that much flack from it. I personally don't mind it. Like I said before, I think it's. I think it's. They're two different things. It's. It's it unfair is, to compare them. It's so boring. Um, NASCAR, I think, is closer more to like something like World Endurance than yeah. than Formula One. You can't mm. compare the two. You know what? I'm sure it'd be more fun if I was there, but I'm not. Yeah. And we're not spending money, anyways. Yeah, we've we've it, t- we've talked about podcast. we've talked about NASCAR in the past, and maybe we can do a, a more comparison. So, b- before we wrap this up, is there anything besides just like give me more and more awareness, like specifically with the racing, with like the structures of weekends? Um, like you're you're not as plugged into it, so you probably don't know like the yeah. structure of like the weekends and how they go, but. Right. Basically, you have three practice sessions that are an hour apiece, mm-hmm. usually on Friday. Um, you have like uh, FP1, FP2, right? Uh, free practice one, free practice two. And then on a Saturday, you'll have FP3 in the morning. And then mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon, close to the same time that the race will be on Sunday, you'll have a qualifying session. And then on Sunday is the race. And that's like usually like right. in early afternoon, like, you know, depending, mm-hmm. obviously we talked about how Las Vegas, right. um, some of the like Middle Eastern countries, we just went to Saudi Arabia last weekend, right. racing in the afternoon in Saudi Arabia is not a good idea when it's no. a thousand degrees in the desert. Yeah. So you have some night and races, yeah. you have night races in some of those. The qualifying sessions are like hot laps, yeah. Um, but they're experimenting with sprint races, basically like 12 mm-hmm. to 20 lap races. Right. That will like set the starting grid for Sunday. Right. 
they're awarding points for these, like they're experimenting mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Does that the does, does any of that kind of stuff pique your interest at all, or does it not yeah. really move the needle that much? I don't really necessarily give a damn about the points. What I do care about is seeing the racing, racing, and no matter what form it takes, if it's qualifying, if it's practice, whatever. That to me is fun to watch. I hate to put it this way, but kind of the comparison like they do have in NASCAR. Oh, he was doing this and that and the other thing. And here's how it stacks up to this. And I know, I know, I know F1 has similar stuff. But again, it's not out there as much. There's not breakdowns that are going out in huge swaths like NASCAR is in the States. I really think awareness is their number one issue. I think also what they need to do is in those advertisements, they need to, and this is a very small thing, and then I know we're running over time a little bit, but the cars to most Americans look the same. That's, that's been a very, see, okay, unless sorry. you see them next to each other, then you can pick out the small differences, but you rarely see them next to each other. It's not like in NASCAR where they're head to head, head to head, head to head, all race long. That sort of excitement doesn't necessarily need to be there, but having some way to show the cars next to one another so that the dumb American can look and go, oh, yeah, they are different. Yeah. You know, there's it, been so there, like that's not just like an American fan thing. That's actually a kind of a worldwide thing. There has been a little bit of like complaining and gr- like, you know, like grudges online, grumbling online that a lot of the cars look the same like i mean especially during the last set of regulations mm-hmm. i mean all the cars essentially started to look almost the exact same like they're aerodynamically mm-hmm. this year new regulations everyone's kind of starting to like get all of their designs kind of similar yeah. to others large side pods these big scoops in there yeah except for mercedes which god bless them they stuck with their zero side pod thing to their mm-hmm. own detriment you can go back and listen to my couple of diatribes about how what the hell's going on with Mercedes. Yeah. Um, he has feelings. I do have. I have strong feelings. I don't care about Mercedes that much. I just want Lewis to be competitive. But another thing that's happened this year is because of weight regulations, mm. because it's so meticulous, most of the cars and the teams are stripping all of their paint and running almost bare carbon. So like... It used to be mm. that like maybe like body paneling looks similar, but at least like this car was red, that car was blue, that car was yellow. Now they're all black with like little bits of striping color here and there to like bare minimum differentiate what yeah. the colors are well, and to satisfy and sponsors yeah. with like li- like yeah. a specific livery and stuff. Yeah. God bless the Alpines; they still run that bubblegum pink livery every now and then. Yeah. Um, which, to be honest with you, I think. Side note, looks dope when it's like half that bubblegum pink, half black bare carbon. Actually yeah. looks kind of clean, yeah. like to be honest with you. I don't, yeah. I don't care that it's pink. Um, no. it, it's weird when half the car is pink and then the other half is split between black and blue. That's where it starts to clash and look weird. <laughs> like pick a color, Alpine. <laughs> I love you, but geez, come on. Get your shit together. Get your crap together. But yeah, so what you're saying is like you just want more. I want more. I need it. I need to be reminded of it. Cool. I do. So I do. what I'm so which, what I'm hearing is I you you have given me carte blanche to inundate you with links to YouTube videos and uh, analysis and all this stuff until you are as just as big a diehard F1 fan as I am. I'm calling my shot. I'm gonna regret it. But yes, yes, you are. <laughs> oh my god. Oh well. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on this little conversation, Absolutely. man. Thanks I for really me. really appreciate it. Uh, thank y'all so much for listening to this podcast. I really do 
appreciate it. If you are listening on signalpointmedia.com, there is a comment section below. Of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can rate, review, and all that jazz. And you can get at me. Tell me how much of a dumb shit I am. Uh, I am on Twitter at your primo Brian. Uh, let me know. You can use the hashtag F1 Rundown. I'm following that. If you have any questions, comments, if you're listening to this, you're an American fan. What do you want to see out of Formula One? What's the thing that you think would help you sell this sport to the rest of the Americans around here? Because I think Formula One is the best racing series on the planet. Uh, so what do you think we need to help it grow specifically here in the States? Let me know. Again, I'm at Twitter, uh, on Twitter, at your primo Brian. But that's going to do it for me today. Thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. I've been messing around with outros. Yeah, do it. I'm, I'm going to do this one. This was Dan's. I'm going to see how it feels. We're going to see how it lands. We're going to see how, how mm-hmm. it lands. Mm-hmm. I am Brian Sanchez. I'm Dan Nichols. Now, get off the track. Uh, no, I don't like it. Yeah. It doesn't feel. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't want to try it again. Try something else. Nah.